I actually watched it again too. Did you? Did you watch it again? Uh, well, no, because I had already seen it twice. Oh, okay. This, okay, yeah. This is my second time watching it. Okay. But I did actually, I did actually watch it again because it was so good the first time. I was like, yeah, I'm gonna watch it. Again. Like, I probably didn't have to because I had just seen it like a couple weeks ago for our Oscars thing, right? Or for the for our top ten. But yeah, I wanted I wanted to watch it again because it's it's such a fun movie. No, it's hard for me to even like properly convey how much I love this movie. I uh I did just rewatch the I went to YouTube and rewatched the Natu Natu song. It, there's there's like a, there's a certain there's well there's lots of versions of it on YouTube. Like there's one with like a quarter billion views and <laughs> and I'm like like seriously tears rolling down my cheek and not even, it's just from how charming it is. Like I've never cried from charm before. This movie and that scene in particular is just so freaking off the rails and i just i don't even understand how awesome this movie is were you able to watch it the second time in telugu or is it still the same issue no i just watched it in i just watched it dubbed again okay okay yeah it's again that's that's not ideal that's my only knock on this whole thing but that's i don't feel like that's that's not the director's fault i mean that's no yeah no it's not the director's fault and it's also not it's not my fault either. <laughs> no, right, right, right. Because I, that's that's what's available to me. I'm blaming Netflix or the powers that be there, yeah. Yeah. Which that's that is so bizarre. We we so we talked about this on the top ten episode, but for people who haven't heard us talk about it there, apparently, right. at least at time of recording, on Netflix you can watch RRR dubbed into numerous languages, including English, including Hindi. A bunch of other like Spanish, Portuguese, like there's a ton, but not the original Telugu, like undubbed version. Right. With subtitles, which is what we vastly prefer. Right. That exists only on a separate streaming service that you have to pay for, which I've never seen anything like that. That no, makes right. absolutely no sense to me. Right. I'd be less angry if it just wasn't available at all, because then at least I understand a little more. This is almost like they're withholding right. the good version and like you can watch the crappy version, you peasants. Yeah, it, it doesn't. It makes no sense because it's like, like as the as an IP, like as the you know their right. intellectual property. Why, why do you have the a dubbed version into every other language except the original one on Netflix? But then the original language you have to go somewhere else to see. That makes no sense. Well, especially too, I guess maybe I'm wrong. I. Th- Maybe it's just because it was Netflix pushing it. Is this a Netflix original, like a Netflix production, or is it? Just I don't think that, so. Okay, so maybe that's why. So it's not like Netflix made the original, which would make sense why it's on a separate platform there. And yeah, for whatever reason, they negotiated the rights for all but the original language version, which is yeah frustrating. But again, I, I don't know for sure, for sure, because I don't have a time machine. But I feel very confident when I did first watch it several months ago. It was the original language version, and it has since gone off of Netflix. That's what makes it even more infuriating. So I'm trying to get people to watch it, and you can't even go watch the version I first watched and fell in love with. Yeah, it's on. It's on a streaming service called Z Five. Z E E Five is the streaming service. Huh. Yeah, it's just it makes no sense. And you're and yeah, it's not it's not a uh, Netflix original because the production company is DVV Entertainment, which is an Indian company. Yeah, that it's so strange that like Netflix, you know, they got the deal to put it on their platform, 
Right. Just not the original. Every other language, but not the original. Or, and again, and I swear, just not now. That they originally oh, right, did have yeah. the original version, and then... Didn't, and then no longer do. That's something that that is just in general the the way that things go on and off of Netflix and other streaming. So, well, yeah, some of them, some of them make sense. Like you know, like the Disney ones. Obviously, any Disney production, all the Marvel ones, those are all going to be on Disney. Well, no, right. And same thing with like like with Hulu because it's also like a Disney thing. So like all the ABC shows are there. Oh, huh, there's yeah. some other properties there. But yeah, Netflix is is weird with the thing and like an Amazon Prime, like the things that are free. And right. then they're not for free, or they're on Netflix and then off Netflix. It's and then they come back. It's, right, all that stuff is just so it's so strange to me, and it almost seems it almost seems arbitrary. Like who's who's making those decisions, and what are those decisions based on? I feel like that Netflix has a nonstop team of lawyers that's in charge of acquisition, and that's their job, and that it's just kind of constantly negotiating versus what they consider profitable. And that ebbs and flows based on the creative people they're working with. Like I think it's crazy, complicated, and boring. Yeah, sometimes I, it feels a little bit like a conspiracy against like <laughs> me personally too. Because like I'll see, especially for the movies that we watch for the podcast, because I'll see like a, an upcoming movie that you know, like oh, you know, in a couple months we'll be watching, you know, whatever whatever movie. It's like oh, I saw I, that's on Netflix. All right, cool. Like that'll be available on Netflix. And then it's like t- comes time to watch it, and it's not available on Netflix anymore. And it's like, oh, b- bummer! And uh, it's off Netflix, so I like I'll have to like pay to rent it. And then like three weeks later, it's like, oh, this it's back on Netflix. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> and Netflix is at least either thumbs up or thumbs down, available or not available. But then Amazon, you have different tiers. There's there's like yeah. included with Amazon Prime, and right. then there's rentable. And then there's neither. So it's like there's three different categories there. Right. And uh, yeah, for those who don't follow on our other podcast, Track Nerds is where we did our top 10 movies of the year. And so for those who haven't paid close attention to that, which is actually the majority of you, and that's okay. We don't judge here. (laughs) RRR was my favorite movie of 2022. Like that's that's how enthusiastic I am uh, about uh, this movie and getting excited to talk about it today. And actually, it wasn't until after I watched it that it even occurred to me that this was remotely based on anything true. I, I It just didn't cross my mind. Of like, you know, it's just kind of set in British-controlled India about 100 years ago. I had never heard of these guys, of course, but didn't even occur to me that they there was any historical basis. Because the movie is so ridiculous, it's so over-the-top in every way, it just didn't seem like there'd be any room for this to be based on anything. But it is. These guys... Yeah. Raju and Beam are based on real life figures that we are going to talk about today. So the movie RRR is completely fictional, but these guys are based on historical figures. The one thing is that they never actually met in real life. Um, And so the whole conceit of this film was, hey, these guys were contemporaries in India at the time, and they were, you know, both these folk heroes or whatever Ooh, what if they teamed up for a bromance action musical <laughs> yeah <laughs> i love it so much yeah it's uh. it's almost like it uh i mean yeah it's it's almost like if there was like a like a fan fiction bromance action movie where like the main characters are like george washington and james madison and but it's like a you know like a ridiculous action movie but also, if those guys never met in real life. Right. I, I'd almost want to go something that's more clearly geographically diverse. Like putting, like, Billy the Kid 
with Thomas Edison, like or whoever like matches up there timeline sure. wise. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's go. Actually, did we just think of something really good? Like <laughs> <laughs> that might work. That's our new project. <laughs> okay, so which of the two? And I kind of want to use this to maybe determine the order we talk about these guys. They're very equal, but if you had to pick one, who would you say is the true protagonist and who is maybe oh, man. The, second, the second one? It's pretty darn equal, but I have, a, I have a way I'm leaning slightly. So I feel like, gosh, it's it's so hard. Well, actually, because I, and, I, and I'm even second guessing myself as I'm waiting for you to say one. I I did it, man. I, I, I haven't I, I haven't even thought about this. So like this is like real time <laughs> okay. me actually think, thinking through this. I think we get. Oh man, I don't know. So it's 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 weird because like you can argue it two ways. Beam Beam gets like his. He is the focus for like for a lot of the movie, and he does. He never has the almost villain kind of flip and then flip back that Raju right. does. However, we get way more backstory on Raju than we get on Beam. True. Like we learn True. about Raju, That's like his childhood, and like. But that's all revealed later on in the movie. Right. So, yeah, I, man, I don't know. So, I I guess because it could go either way, I'll just pick Raju because I think that he's <laughs> the more compelling character to, to me. Okay, okay. But I don't know. Man, I don't know. Like, there is there is definitely an argument to be made, and my mind could probably be changed, that Beam is actually the protagonist of the movie. <laughs> and I was leaning Beam, and again, for the listener, we've, we've pre-assigned who... Logan's going to talk about Raju, and I'm going to talk about Beam, and so we probably or, or already have both gotten a little biased, but uh, my thinking was that what triggers the plot is the kidnapping of the girl, and mm. Beam is in charge of rescuing the girl, ergo, Beam is protagonist. True, but, however... But, right, no, right. <laughs> you find out later on that actually Raju's quest has been happening for, like, decades previously. Before right. Beam ever comes into the picture at all. Right. So, I would say, again, so yeah, uh, full on, I, I, okay, it's one of those things. Yes, spoilers, although outside of us kind of beating around the bush right now, we are going to talk more about the actual guys than we are about the movie, but because we've both seen it twice, we probably will go ahead and just kind of not worry about spoilers and talk about anything and everything here. So hit pause, and we'll see you in three and a half hours. <laughs> also, though... Don't worry about it too much because I don't think this is necessarily a super spoilable it movie. Matter. Because right. even if you know every single plot point, that's not the charm of this movie. The charm right. of this movie is like the cool action set pieces, the music, the dance numbers, like the just over the top creative ways that these guys are doing their fight scenes. Like that's what makes <laughs> this movie fun to watch. It's not the the plot revelations are not really like that big of a deal they exist like there is a plot and it's good but it's not you could have every plot point spoiled and still have a great time watching the movie correct correct we can't spoil the fact that if you can look at these guys smile and not smile yourself you don't have a soul like we can't spoil that <laughs> fact right so, uh so uh, real well we'll come back to that so uh, real real quick the movie itself uh it is a 95 slash 94 on rotten tomatoes it is nominated for just one Oscar, which is a travesty. We can talk about a little bit more. But and we, we are recording this uh, on the Oscar Oscar weekend, so hopefully tomorrow night it will win for Best Original Song uh, for Natu Natu that I mentioned still tears me up after seeing it a dozen times. 
It does have a three-hour, seven-minute runtime, but it's an absolute blast and does not feel like it at all. Like, other than maybe needing to pee halfway through, you won't notice how long <laughs> this movie is because it just kind of, yeah, it, the pacing is actually near perfect. Like, it's yeah, it's, it's nuts. So, yeah, I, I was going to say from a storytelling standpoint, again, I still come back to the kidnapping thing. It's almost like I see Beam as the protagonist getting roped into the larger story of which Raju is a protagonist ah, of. Okay. So the movie is Beam focused, but the story that the movie exposes us like a glimpse into the world of is the larger Raju story. So I think in the sure. film, Beam is the protagonist ultimately, but that if you were going to take the you know what I'm saying? Like, the contest that exists in the world of RRR outside of the movie, yes, yeah. Raju is the bigger player, is maybe how the way I would maybe make that distinction. Yeah. And that's a good point, because Beam is also the point of view character for a lot of what we learn about Raju as the there story go. goes on. Right. Learning about his backstory, learning about his fiance, the village that he right. comes from, why he's... Right. The weapons he's trying to get. Like, we learn about that through through Beam. Right. And that he's the one with the romance, you know, that's kind of that in too. progress and stuff. Yeah. So I, I feel like it's Beam. So we can either... Uh, so my thought was, you know, start with the secondary character in with the protagonist. But we can also just paper, rock, scissors here to see who goes first. <laughs> <laughs> or we should, we should probably arm wrestle for it, you know, even though we're not yeah. in the same room. No, we can... I'll, I, I can start with, with okay. Raju okay. if you want. Yeah, so give, give us the rundown of the actual historical Raju. So before I get into it, I do just want a disclaimer pronunciations i'm gonna butcher like all of these pronunciations <laughs> yeah it's it's gonna yeah. be bad uh so the actual historical figure of raju his full name is aluri sitarama raju i don't know if that's a current is that's how you are how you're supposed to say it but i'm just gonna refer to him as raju or rama raju because that is kind of like what he's it's usually like that shortened form of his name rama his name there is actually a uh, a reference to the uh, Hindu god Rama, which is mm. the statue at the end of the movie that has the bow and arrow. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's Rama. Okay, okay. Yeah. And actually, even today, like depictions of Rama Raju in his statues, it usually also has him holding a bow and arrow. Probably partially to that, you know, uh, allusion to Rama, the god with his bone arrow, but also because as a revolutionary, one of the weapons that he was known for using is a bow and arrow. So freaking cool. I didn't know so that. So they actually worked that into yeah, the movie, yeah. which I thought was really cool. Yeah, I, I intentionally did not research anything on Raju, so I would learn it all right now, and I'm hoping you I, did, the I did the same thing, thing with okay. me. So. <laughs> nice, okay. <laughs> but yeah, actually, and just a little side note, since I brought it up that scene at the end uh raju has the longbow yes that's so cool that's like on par with like legolas scenes from lord of the rings <laughs> yeah. as like some of the coolest archery that you'll see in movies like where he's doing like the slides and like kicking the dudes up in the air and then shooting them or like he shoots the but the guy's hiding behind the tree so he shoots the arrow into the tree and then kicks the arrow the rest of the way so it goes into the dude's head Oh man, <laughs> it's so cool! Doesn't he, pull, doesn't he pull an arrow out of a guy and then reload it to shoot back into another guy? <laughs> yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, God, so cool. it's so cool! It's so cool. <laughs> but yeah, so the real guy, the real uh, Rama Raju, he was born on July Fourth, uh, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah, freedom. <laughs> right? Yeah, 
either in 1897 or 1898 in what is today uh, Andhra Pradesh, India. He grew up in a family where the British Empire was uh, kind of looked down upon in his household. His father was not a fan of the British. Not many Indians were, to be honest. (laughs) But uh, he was even like, would even get mad at Rama for doing stuff like, uh, I guess there was a a custom where Indians were supposed to like salute, you know, British troops or British police or just like just regular British people as like a sign of respect. Like, oh, we're like subservient to you. Like you're, you know, you have authority over us type thing. It was like a, it was a cultural thing that was imposed on the Indians by the British. And if Raju, if Raju's father ever saw him doing that, he would like get mad at him and Mm. scold him for it. So his father died uh, when he was eight and he did have some education, but he gave up on like formal high school before, uh, before graduating. But he did read like on his own. He read books in Telugu, which was his uh, first language, but also Sanskrit, Hindi and English. Hmm. So he was quad—is it quadrilingual? <laughs> Lingual? Is that the? I, I don't. Is that the tetra, term? Yeah, I don't know what you how you'd say. It, yeah. Yeah. He he uh he was able to read in at least four languages, and so he he was well read, even though he didn't have like a a long formal education. He also would study subjects on his own, like uh, astrology, herbalism, and then also uh, horseback riding, and that was kind of how that was his the vector by which his radicalization started because he would get on his uncle's horse and start riding out to the rural areas around where he lived and started meeting different tribal people that lived out in these like out in the hill country and he would talk to them about the different issues they were having the different problems that british rule was having on their lives and through these conversations he began to become radicalized just internally, but also from meeting other revolutionaries who were out among these uh, hill people. So he ends up moving out to the rural areas, and he lives this like very minimalistic lifestyle, going kind of from from village to village. And people would like he he was this super charismatic guy, and so people would would know who he was, and they would want to give him all these gifts. They would want to give him food and supplies and all this stuff, but he would only take what he absolutely needed to survive. And then would like distribute the rest of his gifts among the rest of the people. Hmm. And because he was very generous and also super charismatic, people started to make up these like myths about him where he's almost like a religious figure in some of these tribal areas. And then he also would perpetuate the myths that people were saying about him and also make up his own myths (laughs) about himself. And so he like... He was okay with people, you know, perceiving him as this, like, almost religious, like, demigod figure. So you could see how someone from that time would be, like, telling a story, like, oh, yeah, Raju fought, you know, a crowd of, like, 500 guys by himself. And he was, you know, hitting dudes with other dudes and, and... uh, you know, was able to to make it out or whatever alive. He threw he threw a tiger at a guy. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you would you could see how you know stories like that. Either people would make them up, or he would make them up, and then they would spread, and they would get more embellished as they spread. Um, and so it became this big 
like folk hero among these uh these tribal people. So as he uh was traveling around, he started to radicalize others. He would organize and educate tribal populations about their rights, about ways that they could fight back against British rule and uh what they perceived as British oppression. And so he started this what's called the Rampa Freedom Struggle or the Rampa Rebellion of 1922. Okay. Um, and it was basically him going from village to village, getting all these fighters, and he would use his knowledge and their knowledge of the land to do these guerrilla-style raids on police stations. So they would raid police stations, you know, kill the British police officers that were there, take all the weapons, and then disappear back into the hills. And it was so hard to combat them because the British didn't have as good of knowledge of the terrain and the geography as Raju and all of his fighters. So it was like two years that they were able to basically show up, you know, it was like smash and grab missions every time. He never was a police officer for the British. That wasn't oh, okay. um, a okay. real thing. But the the weapons thing is real. So he, part, a big part of why he was so successful is because he would steal a bunch of weapons and then arm the tribal people and allow them to either continue raiding or just defend themselves because now you have guns. So that was like a big part of uh, what he saw as um, an equalizer between the tribal people and the British was firearms. Okay, so making him the weapons guy in the film of the two is is the way to go, yeah. Right, yeah, that that is accurate. He was eventually, he was captured um, after two years of fighting. He was uh, captured during one of the raids, and he was summarily executed uh, by firing squad on the 7th of May in 1924. Uh, They also killed his lieutenant and imprisoned his brother. Uh, His brother was not killed and actually later went on to become... I, it's it's a long word, but it, a word that I, I don't know how to pronounce, uh, but it's basically the Indian House of Representatives, like their equivalent. It's like okay. the lower house of their Congress. Um, so he basically became a, a congressman after Indian independence. So his brother went on to become a congressman. He was a contemporary of Gandhi, and Gandhi right, knew right. about his exploits. And there's a quote from Gandhi is after Raju died. He said, though I do not approve of his armed rebellion, I pay my homage to his bravery and sacrifice. So, I mean, we've talked about Gandhi before, but he was, he respected, respected the hustle, basically, of Raju, but he was not a fan of his violence. Okay. Which is understandable okay. coming from Gandhi, because his <laughs> right. whole thing was, was no violence. Gandhi was a pacifist, and he's like, okay, he's like, Raju's heart's in the right place. I wish he just didn't resort to violence to get there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah, and so even today, there's a there was a stamp with his face on it in 1986. He's a huge national hero, and uh, there are statues of him all over the country. And uh, yeah, like I mentioned before, usually depicted holding a bow and arrow, like Rama, the the Hindu god. Okay, and uh, I was I'm kind of hoping, but it sounds like maybe not. So the bow, yes, but it, anything with the fire theme we get in the movie, because they kind of make like Raju fire and beam water in the movie. Yeah, I'm, I think that was just for the movie. Um, okay. I didn't see anything about even fire arrows. I guess you could say like the firearms themselves, but that's not literal yeah, fire. Ma- maybe, maybe the, because of the firearms, 
Yeah, I'm not. I, I didn't see anything about him like specifically using fire or being known for like gotcha, burning gotcha. stuff. Or if that god, I'd be curious if that god was associated with fire, though. Then maybe that uh, the god that he's associated with, that Rama. Oh, I don't know. Hang on, let me do a little. It, it does seem because this we'll get this little uh, we'll get into this a little bit with Beam as well. But it does seem maybe it's a Hindu thing, but like this idea of deifying your heroes maybe more literally than you would see Christians do. Again, I feel like maybe that's a th- that that is a thing, and like they're almost like you see like the ancient Greeks do that the Indians more recently have done similar things because uh, Beam is mm. kind of similar similarly deified in a way in his local region. Again, not Hindu is a very complicated religion that we're not capable or knowledgeable enough to uh, uh, break down. Yeah, anything on Rama? Uh, I didn't see anything about fire. Although, since you bring up Christianity, that was actually another thing that Rama Raju was not a fan of and wanted to push back against in the tribal regions was uh, Christian missionaries because mm. he saw he saw the the Christian missionaries as an extension of uh, British imperialism. Right, right. Beam, similar story, but also still uniquely his his own because like any anything with like weapons doesn't really come up even though there are conflicts here. So I, I do feel like it's kind of geographically here with India. I feel like for whatever reason, and it's probably just, you know, I was going to say Eurocentrism or Westrocentrism, but just anybody is more knowledgeable of what they grew up with than other things. So well, sure. it's kind of, you know, natural. But I feel like in the U.S., we always forget that other countries are also divided into states or other regions or whatever. So like India is divided into several states today. And so Beam is actually more of a local hero to the state of, uh, again, I'm going to mispronounce everything throughout here too, uh, the state of uh, Telangana, Telangana, I'll say Telangana. So he's more of a local hero than an Indian national hero, even though he is respected maybe nationwide. So that is where he was born, and it's in in like south central India, so not on the coast and kind of just below the big part uh, up top. Uh, but not all the way in the bottom. So kind of South Central India is where Telangana is today. Beam, who is uh, Komaram Beam. Again, I'm just going to go with Beam. He was born there in 1901. Uh, Though during his lifetime, Telangana was actually part of a larger region called Hyderabad. Uh, And the city of Hyderabad is the capital of Telangana today, uh, which is a massive city of like 7 million people. Um, and at the time of Beam's birth, this was the wealthiest area of India, which, of course, that also just means it's the most profitable for the British. But Beam and his people were from the rural part of the region, so they're not in the city. They're in, like, the surrounding forests, uh, living a more subsistence lifestyle. He had no formal education. His ethnic group slash tribe is called, I don't know if it's Gond or Gond, but it's, so, like, one version actually says, like, Gandhi, but like not spelled like Gandhi, spelled G O N D I. Right, G O N. Yeah, right. So it could be Gondi, I, I, or go, anyway. So that's his, that's his tribe, his ethnic group, or whatever. They had to move a, around a lot because they were constantly being exploited by those looking to make money. So they're just these poor farmers who the British are always displacing with mining activities and other resource grabs. Um, and then when land was set aside for them to farm, that land would then be heavily taxed. And those who didn't cooperate with this harsh treatment, you know, the government's basically saying, hey, this is the way it is, you, you know, like it or else. And uh, to give an idea of how harsh it is, uh, the phrase 
forced amputation is listed on Wikipedia as one of the ways that uh, dissidents were dealt with who Jesus. didn't uh, cooperate. And Beam's father was killed by officials for acting out and standing up to them. So just like these these bullet points are just like the perfect setup to have some action hero come out and start kicking some British butt here. In uh, 1920, so he'd be about 19 years old, Beam did kill an official who was in charge of confiscating their crops. He goes into hiding uh, with actually a local publisher. And while he's with this publisher, he learns to read and write as well. Not just English, but also Hindi and Urdu. So unlike what we see in the film, he actually would have been able to talk with this British girl (laughs) that he meets because he actually was pretty well educated on those things. The publisher ends up getting arrested, so Beam has to take off from there, ends up working on a plantation for four years. As he kind of gets that group involved with organized labor and, you know, standing up for their rights, he ends up getting arrested just for the labor thing, not for the earlier murder. I don't know if they even made the connection when they had arrested him here. Uh, He then escapes from jail, and at this point in his life, in the 1920s, he's just become a major activist who's just seen all this oppression of the poor people around him by not just the British, but also like the Indian officials working with the British are also, you know, doing a lot of this oppression, just constantly getting exploited. He marries another poor Indian woman. Uh, so there's no romance with a rich British woman in Beam's life. That <laughs> That is all fictionalized for the film. Nothing against Jenny in the film, but uh, that is all made up. <laughs> and then we get the best possible ever <laughs> sentence on Wikipedia here for those who have seen RRR. Quote, Beam then decided to engage in armed revolution, unquote. (laughs) So, yeah, basically they form a guerrilla army. Again, it is very similar to what you were saying with Raju, with the hopes of uh, making their people independent. And again, because he is more that regional hero, I was saying, Beam wasn't fighting for Indian independence. He was fighting for his local people's independence from the local government. Like, again, they were just as upset with the Indian local government as they were with British imperialism. They just wanted their autonomy in their region, and we're starting to now fight, do this guerrilla fighting. And I think in their world, I don't know if they were going to necessarily become an independent country, but they just, they definitely wanted to just control their own lives and be in charge of making their own decisions. They wanted their own little autonomous area, whether that was just a state where they were actually in charge of electing their own officials, whatever it was, they just wanted their autonomy. Early negotiations with the government obviously failed, and there was a, essentially a decade of on-and-off uh, guerrilla fighting here. And then there's a slogan that I guess still exists today. Uh, in English, it just translates to simply water, forest, land. But it's used by the people in this part of India as like a rallying cry for like the downtrodden. The simple poor mm. people standing up for themselves will say, water, forest, land, but you know, in, in their language. That's the reason I was really curious if there was a fire focus to Raju, because Beam is credited with coining the term water, forest, land, and they make him the water guy mm. in the movie that is connected with his backstory as being, you know, the guy who might have come up with that phrase. And then, yeah, so just kind of flash forward to 1940, and it's kind of just a lot of the same for, you know, nearly 20 years here, and the police find out where Beam is hiding. And, you know, a kind of a fight ensues and Beam is killed in the fight. So he wasn't executed after being arrested like Raju. He was actually killed in the fighting with uh, the officials coming to apprehend him. 
And then he was quickly turned into a folk hero in songs. And again, kind of essentially deified in the area with lots of statues and things. Uh, there was also a 1990 movie uh, about his life that I that was actually really popular, both uh, financially and critically. Uh, I think it was just called, you know, his name, Koram Beam, was like the name of the movie. But the fighting did not end with Beam's death. His uh, local group uh, continued struggling, and that their struggle kind of did get rolled into the larger communist-led Telangana rebellion that lasted from 1946 to 1951. So that kind of shows you how it was as much against the local Indian officials because the Brits left in 1947, and this this rebellion goes on for another four years after that against the local Indian officials. So their beef was. I mean, they weren't fans of the British, but their beef was almost at a more, again, because it was at a more local level, the British were almost irrelevant to what they were trying to accomplish. And another example of how complicated history always is. So like essentially the communists in this fight are the good guys because they're the ones that are fighting for the local farmers to have rights and a voice and not constantly getting oppressed. And it was the communists that kind of helped uh, fight that there. But yeah, very much like in, in both uh, Raju and Beam's story, the spirit of RRR, which stands for Rise, Roar, Revolt, it's here in these guys' actual stories. So again, the film, completely fictionalized, but these guys were real and important revolutionaries at that time. And uh, man, if only they had met, they could have saved that boy under the bridge. <laughs> Yeah, uh, yeah. I mean, that's like that's really all all I have. I mean, said so, like we can talk about the movie itself, but I mean, it's the, the the British officials are all made up. You know, throwing lions and motorcycles at guys is always all made up. I uh, I did want to bring up one thing. So you mentioned that Beam is from the Telangana region. Yeah. So part of the inspiration for this movie, or I don't know, inspiration, but one of the one of the themes in the movie has to do with something that's called the bifurcation of Andhra Pradesh, which is a province or a state in India. So the state of Andhra Pradesh in 2014 was split into two separate states. One mm. of them remained named Andhra Pradesh. The other one is Telangana. But Beam is from Telangana, like that region. And Raju in real life is from the Andhra Pradesh part. So it's uh. kind of having those two guys, you know, be like these big revolutionary figures from each. It's almost saying like, even though we're split, we're still pals. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So it's like, it's like a, a unification of that, of those two regions still um, is, is one of the themes. Um, also the director cited um, Inglorious Bastards as one of his inspirations. Well, the alternative history and having fun. Exactly. Kind of thing. Exactly. Yeah. It quoted saying, if we're making a fictional story, we don't need to stick to historical accuracies. Right. So basically, yeah. like, similar to Inglorious Bastards, where you have these actual historical figures, but, you know, in stories and situations that they never were in in real life. Right. Because you're telling a right. fictional story in that universe. Um, also, Motorcycle Diaries, which, mm, yeah, big yeah. shout out to Motorcycle Diaries. I, did we do an episode on? We did. We did, yeah. Okay. Okay. I, I couldn't remember. I know that that's one... I mean, and this is from like years ago. You recommended I watch, and so I, you know, I, I watched it then, and I, I had forgotten if we did an episode on it or not. But yeah, that was another one. Just the revolutionary 
and the radicalization of Che Guevara in that movie is similar to what we see in the actual revolutionary, the Indian revolutionaries here. True, right, right. Also, the personalities and the fighting styles of Beam and Raju are based on the actual, like, Hindu deities that they are named after. So Rama is this kind of more nimbly, bimbly, like, you know, jumpy, arrow-shooty guy, similar to, like, a Legolas, right? Right. Whereas... Beam is named after the deity Bhima, who's like big, muscular, and more tanky. And so that's his fighting style, you know, in the movie, is he's more just like, just, just run through everything. Like, you know, like a, like the juggernaut. But that's crazy because like, so like Rami said it's like more of a nickname after the fact, but Beam is like the guy's name already. So like, it's almost like a coincidence that he just happened to develop in his, so. Oh, sorry. They they chose that in the film. In real life, he wasn't necessarily quote tanky. They took the name Beam, and it's close to the god, and so then they're like, let's make him the tanky guy. Right, yeah, so Bhima, B-H-I-M-A, is the name of the deity, and Rama, who Raju, Rama Raju, is actually named after, Okay, but they they made him have characteristics of that that god, and then they took Beam, whose name is close to Bhima, and made him beefy, tanky, like, run-through-walls guy. So I thought... I thought that was kind of cool, too. No, that's that's fun. And then uh, there is something here. So I I did look up the distribution stuff that we were talking about before. Oh, okay. So for whatever reason, and I don't know why you would do this, but I guess it, I don't know. Apparently, when movies are being sold or the rights to distribution of movies are being sold, you can separate it up by language. So that Z5 not only has Telugu, the original, but if Tamil... Malayalam, I'm not sure if I'm pronouncing yeah, that correctly, yeah, yeah. and Kannada, also not sure if I'm pronouncing that correctly, but those four languages are owned by, or the, the rights for the, the digital rights are owned by Z5, which is an Indian streaming service, and then Hindi, English, Portuguese, Korean, Turkish, and Spanish are owned by Netflix, and then also it says that this summer, Disney Plus Hotstar, which is the Indian Disney Plus, will have the Telugu version of rrr on disney plus but that's not our ver- that's not our version on of the disney indian plus. disney plus yeah but that makes me wonder if i make my vpn say that i'm in india oh. and get on disney plus can i then watch or but it might it might actually be a separate service that just right. is also owned by disney so i'm not sure how that works yeah interesting no it's almost like that indian streaming service was just willing to pay more or or if anything and i don't know what the history of that service is they've been around for years or not it's almost like oh hey let's make a big push to make for darn sure we get these rights to kind of help our whole service. And Netflix at some point is like, eh, we're good. And didn't try to outbid them or, you know, whatever. Right. Huh? Well, what are you yeah, Same thing. Could you VPN and then uh free trial that, <laughs> that service? <laughs> Maybe. Although I don't think you can, because I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure when I went to look, you had to, you had to pay for a subscription up front. Oh, okay. Okay. Which for them is smart. No, true. Otherwise, everyone's going to do free trial just for RRR and then cancel. Exactly. It's the same thing <laughs> that Netflix did with the fourth season of Stranger Things, where they made the second half come out the next month, so you couldn't just free trial Netflix for a month and then uh-huh. get the first, you get the whole season of Stranger Things. You had to pay for that second month, That's and the true. same reason why Disney Plus does the release one every week thing, so you can't just free trial for a month and binge the whole thing in a week. 
Huh. Same with HBO. Yeah, no, and I, I don't do that myself, but I've definitely re- recommended people. I'm like, oh, yeah, just pay for a month of HBO or do a free trial and then just binge these shows and then cancel, which you can still do month to month, but then they're at least getting some some money from you. And I sh- honestly, I probably should do a better job of that instead of having like, the, you know, the four or five services I have rotate them on and off, but then it just becomes the whole other thing you're keeping track of. But that's also what they want. They want you to lose track of what you're paying for and just keep paying for everything. Yes. And that's why streaming is just, it's just cable now. It's just the new cable, right, right. Exactly. So, like, before it was like, oh, yeah, you know, I, I'm not going to pay 150 bucks a month for cable because I can just pay, you know, well, at the time it was like eight bucks a month for Netflix and I can watch all these different shows and movies, but now everything is so segmented up among, you know, Peacock and HBO and Disney exactly. and Netflix and Hulu. And it's like, you have to have, if you want to watch all the stuff that you want to watch, you have to have all of them. And so when you actually put them all together, it's not even, you're not even saving money over cable. And, you know, it's never going to go back to being like the golden age of streaming where like everything streaming was all, like it was all Netflix, basically. Everything that was streaming was on Netflix. Right. They basically just pioneered the whole technology to make streaming even a viable platform. We always kind of forget. Like the idea of like, wait, you can just watch it from your computer and hit play. That's insane. Well, yeah. I mean, because it was at some point it was new and it wasn't saying it was kind of just Netflix. Right. Okay. Are we are we good? Uh, any other notes on RRR? I had I had one more thing. So I, f- I forgot to mention this earlier, but um, Sita, Raju's fiance in yes. the movie is also based on a real person. Oh, although it says that he he wasn't ever like engaged or married to her. It was actually she was a friend of or a, a sister of one of his friends when he was a teenager who died as a teenager. Oh, And so, like, he was apparently, I don't even think that they were necessarily, like, romantically involved. They were just really good friends. And after her death, he added the the word, the name Sita to the beginning of his name. So that's why when you look him up on Wikipedia, his name is Sita Rama Raju. Huh. And the Sita is an homage to her. Exactly. When he was born, it was just Rama Raju. And Sita, he added later as an homage to this, like, very close childhood friend that he had, whose name was huh. Sita. And so she, again, even though he, she was didn't live to adulthood and they were never engaged, she is based on a real-life character from his, huh. from his history. This must have been a really fun script to write, you know? Oh, yeah. Like, man, oh. and, uh, yeah, I guess we could kind of talk to just quickly about how, it, oh, because I did mention it earlier, how this did get screwed for the Oscars. And I don't know enough about the Indian uh, internal politics, but for the mm. Oscar, we've talked about before, for the Oscar category, best foreign language film, best international film, whatever they call it now, each country can submit exactly one nominee to be that country's nominee to then potentially be then the one of the five actual Oscar nominees. So you would never have, even if the two best foreign movies of the year are both in French, it is not possible for France to submit both of those and for both those movies to be up. So India did not even submit RRR as its candidate to be considered for the Oscar for Best Foreign Language Film. So it's not like it, it's not like the Oscar voters you know, didn't vote for RRR. RRR wasn't eligible because India didn't nominate it. Which is so weird. It's so strange. I think it gets into the internal politics. There's so many different languages. We talked about this isn't in, this movie isn't in Hindi. It's in Telugu, and right. so and I don't again. I'm not speaking with any knowledge, but just from like what I've heard on other podcasts, maybe hinting that this could be the case. Who runs the Indian nomination process? Is that leaning oh. more towards Bollywood and Hindi speaking films? 
and they were basically oh. chose a Hindi film instead of a Telugu film. I see. So they're like intention. There's a possibility that it's being intentionally snubbed because right, of right. the cultural politics inside of India. Right, or just didn't have, or just the voting body itself. So maybe it wasn't necessarily you know conspiratorially minded, mm. but just how like the Baftas tend to nominate more British movies than the Oscars sure. do. Right. So maybe it's more just like an unconscious bias than a deliberate you know screwing See, that's, over. That's weird though that that they split it up by country when the it's two different languages we're talking about here. Exactly, because the category is not foreign film; it's foreign language film well i is that what it is i, I keep losing track is it, is it not best international feature now because I, I feel like they keep changing oh it. did they is it changed again i thought it was for i thought it was specifically foreign language i thought it but no uh, it you might be right and maybe, and maybe it is they might have changed it to that it, it's it's just hard to keep track of what they call it here I'm gonna oh it is on, uh, it is best international feature film right which then that gets confusing too so can australia nominate an english-speaking film no, they can't. They can't. Right. So, which is so, so it, it makes no for? sense. It makes no sense. I think I think the best thing to do is change it back to foreign language film, and then let however many nomination or submissions you want to have, and if you're going to limit it at all, maybe limit it to like one per language. Right. One German film. One English. I think of course, then it's like then you, you eliminate English just because that's what Hollywood is mostly operating in. Or you say screw it. Every 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 language gets one submission. Well, that's what I, that's I don't know. that's what the category is for, though, because it no right like it's for movies that are that's not true. in English. Yeah, but then but then that's weird too, because then like so then could you have a movie like Inglorious Bastards get nominated, where it's an American movie, but most of that movie is not English. It's like mostly in French and German. Yeah, I, in 2012 or whatever, I think I heard people debating that very thing. Like right, like should Germany nominate Inglorious Bastards as its nominee or? You could set a movie, you could shoot and set a movie and have the entire cast and the entire production be an American production, and it could be set in America in, like, Arizona or Southern California, but the entire movie could be in Spanish. Does that count? Right. Well, I mean, I mean, I, I, the writers of the people who, like, behind making Okoye and the Western Front weren't German. Like, it was, like, two English-speaking writers who then got the rights to it and then finally hired a, once they got the production money, then hired a German director because they wanted a German director... But it wasn't a Germany-driven production. Right. And it's still then nominated by Germany. That that kind of goes to, the, like, it almost makes me wonder, then, should that even be a distinction that the Academy makes at all? Why not just right. say, these are all movies? Because, like, when we're making our top ten lists, like, we don't have a top ten movies that are in English and then another top ten. Like, no, we just make our top ten. Right. And, you know, if they're, if they're in English, great. If not, great. Like with Parasite. A co- right. you know a couple years ago like it wasn't in the international it was in it It just it well, won best it picture. was it was also but yes. right, right, yeah. right but i mean it wasn't only in international right. so why not just why not just make it that why not just say we're just not gonna have we're just gonna have the category is just movies but then you but then you don't get the chance to highlight these foreign language films that most people are not being aware of or being made aware of otherwise <sighs> And so it is important to highlight these other movies made from around the world, but it's right, it's not done in a way that makes any kind of real sense. Yeah. Especially because there's there are like movies that deserve to be highlighted that are also in English that would then not get the chance just because they're not a big they're not in a foreign language, but they're also not big enough in there English. There should be an independent movie category. There should be a there should be a budget under a million dollars category, I would argue that. Oh too. yeah. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, that you know that that's actually a a, a good topic that maybe we could discuss on uh, I don't know a, a future episode or something like categories that we need to have at the oh, Oscars. That'd we, be kind of fun because we've we've talked about that before. Right, uh, stop, you know, or uh, a motion capture performance, and you yep. know, uh, I, I think uh, best. I think there should be a stunt category. Right, right. Yeah, I th- I think there's also I think so. Th- there's they have best original song. I think there should be one for an entire soundtrack because score is not necessarily soundtrack. Right, right. Because think about like in like uh, the score for Dune or the score for Interstellar, like they're amazing pieces of music like for the entirety of the whole movie but there's no like one song where it's like from a musical where they're like singing and dancing right right, right. and where you you know where you would get nominated for a song but i feel like as a as an entire score i feel like that should be recognized by the academy as well well score does have a score does have a category but, but oh does it okay not. well then i don't know what i'm talking about well, well, well i i thought you're making the distinction between best score as in the best music in the background of the movie versus the best soundtrack being the curated existing songs you've oh, included. Okay. Like like uh uh Days to Confuse, you know, would have the best soundtrack for that year, even though none of that songs none of those songs mm. were written for the movie. They're still mm. incorporated or like a okay. departed with uh I was conflating I was conflating soundtrack and score. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So then soundtrack for sure. Yeah, soundtrack should be one. Yeah. No, and at the end of the day and we're kind of making this our Oscar episode, which is appropriate because we are recording this on Oscar weekend. But uh, <laughs> yeah, at the end of the day, I think everyone always lose tracks, loses track of this. The Oscars are just the motion p- picture industry and the workers in that industry voting on who was the best of the best in their industry right. that year. So that's why only directors get to nominate the directors and everyone votes who was the best director this year. Right. So it's it's the whole idea is that it's, so it's not a critic on a critic from the outside right. picking the favorites. That's the critics' choice awards is what that would right. be. Or even yeah. like there's different there's you know the New York critic circle there's the Chicago critic circle there's all those right. different things or you know there's the Golden yeah. Globes the Hollywood Forum Press like but like specifically the Oscars are the industry itself. It's the people who actually work in Hollywood and around the world in making movies voting that's why it's the most prestigious well one it's, well, it's also the oldest uh, awards body for movies but like the reason why i do think it matters to some extent is it's your peers your peers are voting on other movie makers are deciding who the best movies are this year and so right. when it comes to categories well then of course it makes sense to include these other categories because those are other people involved with making movies movies doing also things that are important to it right. so anyway so yes seriously Watch RRR if you had not, if you have not yet, and hopefully by the time you hear this, it is the Oscar-winning film RRR for its uh, song "Not to Not to." That's the only nomination it got, too, right? Correct, correct. So yeah. Anyway, thanks for listening, and we will catch you later. <laughs>